0: The following program is brought to you by Christy Stratton, accredited divorce coach.
1: So many people are affected by divorce at some point in their lives. It can be a lonely and challenging time of life. But it doesn't have to be. Whether you or a loved one is considering divorce, going through it, or coming out of it, the Divorce Coaching Hour with Christy Stratton is here to be your go-to educational, informational, and inspirational resource for those touched by divorce. Christy has been there, and now she's here to walk the path with you as a certified divorce coach and as your thinking partner. Her guest will bring you important insight and information, helping you make better decisions through and beyond the process, inspiring you to be your best self for you and your family, all giving you hope and reassurance that you'll be okay. The Divorce Coaching Hour with Christy Stratton starts now.
2: And here's your host, Christy Stratton. Hello and welcome to the Divorce Coaching Hour. If this is the first time you are joining us, welcome to you. And if you are back with us again this week, Thank you for joining us. Today is part three of a three part conversation about looking at divorce with your eyes wide open, and more specifically, the aspects of divorce that are imperative for you to be aware of if you are considering divorce. We started by talking to Hirsch Sermon, a CPA and a financial coach with Lifecycle Financial, about you guessed it, finances. And we continued last week talking to Amber and Scotty Gifford and Mary Scally about real estate. And this week, we wrap things up with a conversation about the legal aspects of divorce. As a reminder, the reason we are talking about what I call the consideration phase of divorce is that we are heading into a month of the year in which divorces tend to spike, January. Ultimately, we are talking about this aspect now because if you are considering divorce, we want your eyes to be wide open before taking any action. Why? You need to be aware of what divorce involves regarding your finances and real estate and about the legal aspect as well all before you make the decision to file for divorce. And you might be wondering why we talked about finances and real estate first before the legal aspects. Here's why. Divorce is the dissolution of a marriage legally and financially. Real estate can make up a big part of the financial component of the marital estate. Putting the details of these areas on paper in many ways will force you to open your eyes to the reality of your situation. It causes you to slow down. And based on reality, not emotions, carefully consider your next steps. And the reality that comes into view may in turn cause you to reconsider your perspective and do whatever it takes to save your marriage. And if it causes you to move forward with divorce, you will be well informed. And folks, you want to be well informed about your case. Trust me on this. Folks, we want to help you gain the information that you may not be aware of and that can definitely influence your decisions related to divorce in good and very bad ways. I will again ask you this week to please listen to this show with open ears, an open mind and an open heart so that your eyes will be open too. You may want to grab a pen or a pencil and take some notes as well. And remember that I'm here for you. Reach out to me for a complimentary session. Write to me at christy at christystratton.com. Together, we can find out about your realities and help you determine what the right next steps might be for you. Now, friends, with all that said, let's get to our guest. I'm so happy that Mike Day joins us again today to talk with us about the legal aspects of divorce. Mike is a family law attorney and practices in the greater Houston area. Mike is also a part of the National Association of Divorce Professionals. You might recall Mike being a guest not too long ago when we spoke about special needs divorce cases. Mike has a wealth of knowledge for sure, and today we will glean some helpful information about the legal basics of divorce from him. One quick thing before we meet our guest and step into our conversation, I want to remind you that we're not here to coach you to get a divorce or give you legal advice. Well, today we might give you a little because we've got an attorney with us, (laughs) so that works. Uh, But otherwise, if it's just me, no no legal advice. What we are here to do is to walk the path with you no matter where that may lead. My guest and I are here to help you make better decisions in this time and beyond, to provide you information and resources, to give you ideas about how to be your best self in a time that can bring out your worst, and to give you hope. And now, Mike, here he is. Welcome back.
3: Thank you very much, Christy. It's an honor to be here.
2: Well, just always um, love chatting with you, and not whether it's on air or the National Association of Divorce Professionals, or talking about just how we serve people in this time of life. It's always uh, wonderful. I always learn so much. So, uh, so glad that you're here. So, again, I want to draw us to... Uh, Something this is just really on my heart, and as we were you know about to um, do the show here, I was sharing with you, Mike, that you know, really some way somehow want to help listeners understand if if that word divorce has popped up in the marriage, hopefully it hasn't, but it's been said if it's crossed your mind, if it's considered that consideration phase, then we want to help people kind of know some basics of divorce and specifically today, the legal side. So, uh, I know it's very top level cause there's way more to it than this. What comes to mind when I say basics of divorce with regards to the legal aspects?
3: Sure. So I would say that in all likelihood, what people need to understand is that, that this is probably going to be the, the toughest, or one of the toughest things they've ever done in their lives. Agreed. It's going to be challenging on multiple different levels. Um, you're going to have to work on yourself some. You're going to have, if if you have not been in the h- habit of of cultivating your emotional intelligence, then you need to start doing that here. Um, you're also going to have to come to the realization that there are going to be certain things that are not within your control and that things typically get worse between a couple during the divorce as opposed to getting better right so whatever problems that there were that that you had somebody was controlling or deceptive or manipulative chances are good that those tendencies will worsen during the divorce
2: you know i'm glad that An attorney yourself here, you're saying that because I have shared that with people prior to becoming a divorce coach, prior to the show, just as a woman who went through a divorce, I would say, you know, it's, I I hate to say such things. I'm a positive person, but this is going to be worse than you imagine. Yes. And it kind of is like, people don't get it. And I don't understand why they don't get it. I I, do, you know, (laughs) I don't.
3: I don't. You know, um, I mean, this 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 shows about education. It's it's not about legal advice. But what I can say is that one of the worst things you could possibly do is file a divorce to, quote unquote, get your spouse's attention. Like you need, you mean business, Mm. like, like no one, I am unaware of anyone. I mean, I've had people reconcile, don't get me wrong, but I don't know that they reconciled because they filed for divorce. I think they reconciled in spite of filing for divorce because most of the time when you file for divorce, that's pretty definitive and you really can't walk that step back.
2: You know, again, so great that you share that I recall when I was considering divorce and that's probably why my heart is so focused in on, and my mind is so focused in on the consideration phase because uh, now I, I would have gone through it and I did go through it. But my brother said to me, who's also a family law attorney said, don't start the process. Don't be even begin to walk this path if you are not committed to it. And uh, it, it's because you, you don't know what's coming next. So Great, um, not legal advice, but education and uh, just basics of advice, encouragement for you to look at your situation, get real with that situation. Now, they decided to divorce, right? They, they decide to pick up the phone and call an attorney. What's maybe one of the, the main things somebody could do or you would want them to do when it comes to the legal
3: aspect? I would want them to do two things. Mm -hmm. One, I would want them to have realistic expectations about the process, not so much about what the substance of outcome is going to be, because that that really is dependent on every case, right? each case, the facts are unique. But to not expect that it's like closing on a house where you just go and sign some paperwork and that's the end of it, or that sort of thing. It's it's not like You're not going to
2: just bebop on down to the courthouse no. and it's going to be over with in, in no. 24 hours, right?
3: No, not at all. And, and the other thing, too, is to realize that, you know, when people go through the divorce process, um, it's, it's, how shall I put this?
0: You,
3: the decisions that you've made in your life that have gotten you there mm-hmm. are, you know, you don't unpack that in a day. Right. right, so, if you have a spouse, for example, who has um not treated the children well, for example, right, to expect to have a, an immediate solution to that is is not realistic right um if you have gone through your marriage without really understanding the finances, don't expect for that to be resolved within a day right because. You're having to do due diligence on what is effectively one of the largest transactions of your life. Yeah. And, yeah. And that takes time.
2: It does take time. And you know, what comes to mind is if what I'm hearing in here, it's not about the picking up the phone and going in and meeting, the attorney, it's not about getting the, the paperwork done. It's about giving some really serious thought to the realities of your situation.
3: That's Correct. I mean, that is absolutely correct. You know, family law has got so much gallows humor, right? So the joke is, or my personal joke, is that attorney's fees are a tax on human dysfunction. But what I've come to realize is that it's much larger than that. It's a tax on other issues as well. Sometimes people just have conflicting notions of the good and they can't reconcile, them, right? And sometimes roles change after a divorce petition has been filed. For example, I mean, I don't mean to be uh, stereotyping with genders, but a lot of times fathers will defer to the mother when it comes to child rearing decisions. Well, all of a sudden a divorce petition is filed and the father's like, well, you know what? I, I want to have more say. And that comes as an unpleasant surprise. More than you'd think.
2: Wow you know there's so much more to it than uh, we can see and so it really plays into that eyes wide open so the best thing i'm hearing here is you know get out that scratch pad and write down the realities and second guess yourself like what is real here right get get those eyes wide open and folks that's what we're talking about here and and as you can tell, we're just able to skim the surface and we're talking to Mike Day, family law attorney, and you might think he would be speaking about, you know, filing the the divorce decree and how judges work and but we're not. You're hearing from an attorney. Get real. First, get real. Look at the realities. Open your eyes wide up and when we come back, we're going to find out about how emotions play into this. Stay tuned. You've heard him on the show and gained valuable insight from him, and now get ready for more. I'm so excited that licensed professional counselor Tom Stevens is partnering with us to spread the word that life can get better. Tom and his wife Jill have been providing quality mental health for over 25 years, and friends, that's their passion. Search Tom Stevens Counseling on YouTube and Facebook for lots of great video content that will help you And your family. And to schedule an appointment with Tom, visit his website at tomstevens.us. That's tomstevens.us. When you're selling your home, you want
1: to wow people when they see it. Or if you're not selling and want to enhance your enjoyment of the home, consider Simple Elegance. The team at Simple Elegance, led by Mary Scally, are masters at staging homes for sale or helping you design your interior for maximum impact. Do what new home builders do. Call the staging masters, Simple Elegance, at 877-458-8254 and simpleelegancetx.com. In divorce, real estate is one of the largest assets of the marital estate, and it must be considered carefully. You'll want a specialist in divorce real estate to help you do that. You'll want the Gifford Group to help you uncover the unknowns and make informed decisions throughout the process. The professionals at the Gifford Group will help you get the facts, which will help remove the fear that can run high through the process, and you'll make better decisions. Get the facts and remove the fear. Contact the Gifford Group today at thegiffordgroup.com.
2: you did. Welcome back to the Divorce Coaching Hour, folks. We're here with Mike Day, family law attorney here in the Houston area, and we are talking about the legal aspects of divorce and what you might find to be interesting in the first segment. We didn't really talk much about the legal, technical steps that you would take. Uh, We talked about getting real, and we talked about what I'll venture a guest to say is kind of leading into what we're going to talk about now, which is the emotions. Uh, Divorce is a dissolution of a marriage. And that dissolution from a, I'm, I'm going to say technical, but, you know, the specifics is legal and financial. The courts don't really work with the emotional side of it, but yet emotions, they play a little bit into this, don't they, Mike?
3: They play an extremely large role. And it's, yeah. it's basically on two different levels. The first level is that the emotions inform the litigation. Mm. So Tell us about that. Well, classic example is that you, there's a lack of trust in the marriage, right? Then that lack of trust plays itself out in the litigation process as well. And it just kind of depends on what the lack of trust is with regards specifically, for right. example, someone has not been uh, transparent about the finances, Mm. well, then someone is going to want, the other spouse typically wants to engage in a very exhaustive, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, um, but an exhaustive analysis of the finances, in particular what the investments might be, and especially if those investments involve um, either real estate or they involve a small business. Mm. Because that's, that's, Just one of the key areas, but it can also play itself out with respect to the children, right? right? Say one spouse is an alcoholic and the other spouse isn't, and there's just a lack of trust there, and justifiably so. Right.
2: Well, I guess if there's a lack of trust and you come to divorce, uh, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, you can't resolve the issues that you have, and so you therefore have to go find a third party to help you do that. Hopefully you've gone to some counselors, marital and family counselors beforehand. But to I guess what I'm hearing there is to expect it to be anything but a conflict is not realistic.
3: That's that's correct. And I would say the other thing about emotions is that they're typically intensified in the divorce process. Yeah, because normally what happens is someone goes to your office and they've sustained some sort of trauma right Mm -hmm. in the marriage. Not all the ways, but frequently. And so what happens is normally when you heal from a trauma, it takes time. And you're not constantly re-aggravating that wound. Well, that's not exactly
2: <laughs> what happens that's in litigation. That's a good point. I'm getting the picture. Yeah.
3: I mean, imagine uh, someone has not been trustworthy in the marriage. And so that's an issue that the other spouse has to contend with, right? Right. And then you're engaging in litigation and engaging in discovery and you keep finding out lie after lie, well then that underlying trauma is reaggravated. And so it, it it's harder for it to heal. And that's the and so if you look at it from an emotions informing and becoming intensified in the divorce process, you have to kind of look at the antidote to that, which is really harnessing emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. And I mean it's it's not unlike a therapist, right? I mean someone goes to a therapist, they have their you know, 45-minute hour session, right? That doesn't magically heal whatever sort of emotional issues somebody might be it encountering. It takes work. It takes work. And most importantly, it takes work outside the therapist's office. Right.
2: And it takes that ability to go, as we've already talked about, reality, to look at the realities and face uh, face it in, you know, so-called in the mirror, look at it in the mirror. And you, you started the, um, we started the first segment by talking about, looking at yourself. And a lot of people may not think that that's what divorce brings you to. But I want to go back uh, talking about kind of re-injuring yourself. The process, you know, it has to be that way to discover, to uncover uh, these facts and figures that, that bring to light the situation so that then you can work with them as an attorney and Get everything separated in its rightful spot as best it can be. What that made me think about was a little thing in psychology called ruminating. Hmm. And and so the process almost it it forces rumination.
3: To a certain extent it does.
2: Which is which actually has been proven that that is a repeat trauma. Yes. But here's the thing. We, when we know about it, our eyes are wide open, we can then find resources, we can find books, we can find, as you said, counselors, coaches. Um, I'm, I'm sure even with a compassionate attorney can help you kind of understand, let's, as we say, get to the facts. Let's get to the business of the divorce, figuring out how to help them not to focus in and re-injure them all the time. What do you think about that?
3: That's absolutely true, and I would say another component of this analysis is looking at the roles people play and the roles you expect your attorney to play, mm. um, because sometimes what is the cause of this emotional trauma is not necessarily a big deal to the court, right? So something like domestic violence—that's that's really important. Um, but adultery, you know, unless someone spent a lot of money on their girlfriend. It's going to have a relatively small role in a lot of courts in Harris County. Not all courts, but a small role. But the emotional trauma that results from that infidelity is significant, right? Right. And you may not necessarily want to process that trauma with your lawyer. You might want to process that trauma with somebody else. A coach is an excellent example. Right. Somebody who um, can can help you figure out your st- your way forward from an emotional perspective.
2: You know, I'm glad you bring that up. And in couching it in that, uh, that way that you put it, roles people play, I think if we can come to uh, the whole divorce process and be thinking about that, expecting others to play a role that's different than the role they're supposed to play adds trauma adds yeah. emotion to it. So one of the things I advocate for uh, is attorneys. I think a lot of people, um, you tell me if I'm right, but I uh, I perceive that a lot of people would come to the attorney and expect them to be all thanks to them. And then when they don't show up that way, then they're mad and they're yelling at the attorney and they're wondering why they've been charged for these hours. Well,
3: <laughs> right, <laughs> right.
2: So, in considering understanding, I think that's a really great way to look at it. Who's going to play what role? Right. And you know, one thing that I wonder about in, uh, you know, we're we're kind of moving from the fact of the matter is there is emotions as a midst of it. In the midst of it, uh, how can we work through those emotions? That emotional intelligence is is having a team around yourself absolutely not expecting the attorney to play every role
3: that's that's that exactly right and i would also say that it's not just your emotions that inform the process it's your spouse's emotions and it's frankly any stakeholders emotions you know True. a lot of times uh grandparents will get involved yeah they will um you know you got a, a mother-in-law who's not happy with their soon-to-be ex-son-in-law right. that sort of thing that can drive the process and and a corollary to that is people come to the divorce process with, you know, certain facts of the case that have been years in the making. And so it just takes a while to unpack some of that. I'll give you a great example. You have someone who has not really worked outside the home.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. We hear um, that a lot.
3: And then all of a sudden. They see that Texas is not like California or New York with Mm -hmm. respect to alimony. And that's why, I mean, there's not technically, you know, the court can't technically even impose alimony, right? They can do this other thing called spousal maintenance and that's all. But it's not, it's not to remedy the lost income per se. right? Um, And that's only if you don't have enough of the underlying assets. And, And here's, here's where I'm going with this. So you have someone who hasn't worked outside the home and it's going to take them some time to sort out what they're going to do as the next act in their life. Right. And the spouse who has been working outside the home is very frustrated by that. Like, why Why can't we get this done sooner? Mm-hmm. And the courts have very crowded dockets. It's a fact of life that your first trial setting is almost certainly not going to happen. I mean, it's very rare that hmm. your very first trial setting, you will actually be able to go to trial on that, at that appointed uh, time and day.
2: So it sounds like, you know, it's years in the making, as you said. Don't expect it to be over in 24 hours. And another thing, um, understanding that, uh, that, I'm trying trying to put this into words, it's not just what's happening to you, it's the other perspective. Of, of the other person and the emotions and to, it, it was in conflict before to think that it's not going to be in conflict now.
3: That is correct. And the other thing I'll say, and I hope this doesn't come across the wrong way, but clients oftentimes seek out their own personality in their lawyers, right? So if somebody is mm-hmm. unreasonable, it's kind of a bully. Well, there's at least even odds that they're going to find an unreasonable bully for a lawyer. And that can ultimately impact how this process goes. So a couple tips and
2: tools that are just coming to my mind, uh, and I love folks to get tips and tools from the show, is first and foremost that different states, different laws, different way divorce is handled, right? Correct. So if you're hearing this in a different state— uh, that's one of the things, know your state, uh, your your jurisdiction, right? And so get a qualified attorney in that area and ask those questions. But speaking of the attorney, prepare in advance what sort of attorney you want. And I think it gives, um, I, I recommend this all the time, is go interview three attorneys. You want to be able to work with this attorney and their consultation fee is worth it because this is not, and tying it all up, It's not going to be over in a day, is it? No. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to work with a a male? Do you want to work with a female? And uh, you need someone who is your partner in this.
3: That's correct. And just understanding what it is you want from that attorney. Right. Mm, Um,
2: Again, that clarity.
3: That's right. There's there's that clarity. And you're not going to have that in the beginning. And it might change over time. You and know, Bo,
2: by the way, speaking of emotions, it clouds your vision <laughs> and your hearing.
3: <laughs> uh, cortisol brain is real. I mean, you think about the stress people go under, yeah. right? And it's it's very well documented that cortisol impacts mental performance.
2: It absolutely does. And folks, we're talking about the consideration phase with Mike Day, who is an attorney in the Greater Houston area, and you know he's talking to you from a realistic perspective of how challenging divorce can be. And we want you to have your eyes wide open before you file for divorce. It might change what you do. So stay tuned. You'll want to hear more. We're going to talk about common pitfalls when we come back. Friends, this is the time in the show that I usually offer up a two-minute tip. Instead, this week, I have an announcement for you. And it's a big one that I believe brings news of joy. And it's one that I'm so grateful and so honored to share with you. I've been waiting for this day to share it with you and possibly not so patiently. I couldn't share it with you until we announced it on another show here on KKHT, Courageous Christianity, on which I'm the host's wingman. This announcement is important for a couple of reasons. First, for its face value, for what it is, and you'll understand that in a moment. Next, it's important for what it can mean for others, and most importantly, this announcement is one that has been made possible only by our Heavenly Father. So first, the face value. I'm so happy to announce that the host of Courageous Christianity, Richard Mindelo, and I were united in marriage about a month ago. We held a private ceremony at the top of Enchanted Rock in Fredericksburg, Texas, just our pastor and us before God, surrounded by God's beautiful nature. Next, friends, this marriage is a gift, and it doesn't come without heartache and heartbreak for years before it. What do I mean? I've been there, possibly like you, divorced and wondering what tomorrow would bring. Tomorrow brought many tough days, tougher than I could imagine, but I persevered. And after finally deciding to make better decisions in my life, like turning my life towards God, earnestly trying to live by His word, and anchoring myself to a church, Richard walked into my life, and that leads me to the most important part of this announcement. Richard's walking into my life was not my doing, but God's. I don't have time to go into all the many things that happened to bring us to today, but I will tell you that God led the way all the way. My story is not your story, but I hope my story can give you some ideas, some encouragement, and some hope. If I had to give some advice about what to do to move forward to the life you want, I'd give this. Get clear on who you are. Get clear on what you want. Make decisions based on that clarification and choose better for you. Turn your life to Christ and focus your attention on him. Repent. Walk away from the secular world. Trust and focus on your faith and hold on to scripture. I don't know what the future holds for you, but I know God holds your future. Draw near to him. Seek his word. Make choices based upon his word. I can't guarantee what will happen, but I can guarantee this, that when God is the center of your life and your heart, you will find the greatest love of all gods. Thanks for allowing me to share this special news with you. Friends, you're back with the Divorce Coaching Hour and... Uh, we're here with Mike Day, and, you know, it's talking about divorce. It's It can be a heavy subject, but what we want you to do is to look at it with your eyes wide open if you're considering it, because the more prepared, the more you're aware, the clearer you are about the realities of your situation and your future situation, what it will look like after uh, the divorce is filed and final, will help shape, help inform your decisions along the way. Uh, along the way, though, there are some common pitfalls, and Mike, I bet you see a number of them. What uh, What's one that comes to mind?
3: Well, I think the first common pitfall that people have is they, you know, they, the the, the biggest one is actually much further along in the process. You know, most, 90% of cases settle. Right, only ten percent of cases go to trial. But whether well,
2: that's good news, that's good news, right?
3: <laughs> right. But the the problem is, is that whether it's settlement, like you've gone to a process called mediation and you've had a neutral mediator help facilitate a settlement, mm-hmm. or you've gone to trial and a judge, um, or extraordinarily rarely a jury makes their decision known, it takes about a month. Or so, or it, it can take up to a month or so, and sometimes even longer, to draft the necessary paperwork. And so w- what I've started to think of this process is, is once you get, the, once you know what the outcome is, in broad strokes, that's sort of like the end of the third quarter. And there's mm. still a fourth quarter to play, and that's the drafting of the documents. And so people sometimes think, well, we have our mediated settlement agreement, or the judge made his rendition, or her rendition so i this is this is going to be over with soon enough and it and it takes longer and and you know texas divorce decrees you know compared to most states in america are much longer mm, i mean if you okay. if you have um, a custody component to your divorce your divorce decree will be typically at least 40 pages mm. and sometimes longer um and so and then sometimes what people will do is they'll do something called a, a final decree of divorce but then they'll have this separate document called agreement incident to divorce, which is where they keep the property division out of the clerk's record. Right. And so that's oh, for privacy okay. purposes. Right. But you have then two different documents, documents that have to be prepared. Right. And so it,
2: what I'm hearing in there is you, you get to the so-called decisions, mm-hmm. right? But that's not it just yet right. until it's final, final, final. And that's how right. would someone know that that is done and final?
3: The judge has signed a decree.
2: Okay. And you would be the first to know as the attorney. Is that correct?
3: That is generally the case. I mean, with COVID, sometimes courts had been doing things remotely or by affidavit. And so sometimes you find out there's a problem and the judge won't sign it immediately. Mm -hmm. And normally that's not the end of the world. Um, Mm. But there's just additional work that needs to be done.
2: So it's not going to happen overnight, and we've said that a couple times right. in different ways through the show, and uh, I uh, make light of it sometimes and, and say, you know, folks, you're not just going to make the decision to, to divorce and then bebop on down to the courts and have it done, but we kind of come to it that way, don't we?
3: Yes. I mean, a lot of, well, a lot of folks do, or they just, they just don't expect it to take as long as it, as it does.
2: And in some states, uh I know even there is a there are these cooling off periods that you can't even file for even up to a year right
3: yeah i I don't know about there are cooling off periods in other states i don't know how long they are. you know people will sometimes read online well i I read that you have to have a divorce petition on file for at least sixty days, so we're going to be getting this done around the sixty fifth day and I know we've kind of talked about things take longer than what people would hope for or expect. But I think also that, you know, people go on the internet a lot for information, <laughs> right? But, but,
2: but it's great information and it's always accurate.
3: I know, right? <laughs> I know. Isn't it? it? Reminds me of that commercial, right? This
2: is why you want a well-informed attorney who is uh, versed in divorce, right? And, and a family law attorney who has experience and knows the, ca- the state, that's right. N- knows
3: your jurisdiction. Knows your jurisdiction. I mean, that's
2: different too. There's a there's a distinction there, right?
3: Th- there is. I mean, there are lawyers who... Um, and sometimes they'll take cases. You know, a Houston lawyer will take a Dallas case. And there's n- typically a very good reason for that. Um, normally that's done with something called a local counsel. So you still have a local lawyer kind of telling you what the judge's preferences are and that sort of thing. Right. But normally for most folks... I mean, when I say most folks, I mean the vast majority of people, you're going to have a lawyer that practices in your jurisdiction. So Harris County, outlying counties, uh, you know, if you, the further you get away from Houston, um, the more you need to think about whether or not it is you only want a Houston lawyer, or if you would want a, a Houston lawyer and then somebody from that particular jurisdiction. Because, for example, sometimes people have very specialized problems. Right. For example, you have a special needs right, divorce. Right. That's a very specialized area. Um, if you have a complex property case, right. Uh, sometimes you're going to need somebody.
2: Well, it goes back to that um, eyes wide open, the consideration phase, really doing your homework. And we probably don't want to talk about homework in a case, but the more time that you can really uh, look at the specifics, the details, I think the bet- better. And, you know, I, I want to touch on this um, uh, this time it takes for a divorce, and it's something that's been kind of coming up. I just announced that uh, I got married. I know. congratulations. Thank you so much. I'm uh, just so grateful to God for uh, not only the marriage, but Richard being in my life. And, uh, you know, one thing that came to my mind, and I've now heard a few other people kind of speak to the same thing. In typically you think of a marriage and people are, you know, maybe an engagement of a year in advance and all these details and the dress and the rings and the party and the invitation and, and we're moving to wedding day and then the honeymoon and all of that. And there's all this preparation. But then when we come to divorce, the end of a marriage, we expect it to be over quickly.
3: Right. I know.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Now I'll tell you the second time around for me, we, we, God's at the center of our relationship and we did not want the pomp and circumstance. So it was, it was a longer term dating, shorter term engagement, and just a very simple, as I mentioned, very simple wedding with, with God and our pastor. And as I mentioned, beautiful, uh, enchanted rock. Um, but I think that's just so important that people understand that they're, Uh, Not only many details, but details behind the details.
3: So that's right. And so part of the details is the discovery process. And you said, I don't, nobody likes to think about homework and clients generally have an aversion to, you know, they they don't realize that discovery is homework and it is, it absolutely is homework. It takes some time, doesn't it? I mean, think about it. You have a marriage that's ultimately culminating in a divorce, right? How many text messages do you think there are?
2: (laughs) Well, I can't even begin.
3: I mean, it is not uncommon to see hundreds, sometimes even thousands of pages of text messages. Wow. And so sometimes I'm not saying the lawyer has to go through every single text message, you know, but sometimes they have to go through three, four, six month period of time. Right. Because that's when some of the issues that have resulted in the divorce getting filed really came to a head. Right. right? Yeah. And so that's because our our culture now generates so much data. I mean, think about social media postings. Right. You're going to put together your whole social media, which I mean, you want to talk about common pitfalls, you know. Whether you're going through a divorce or not, you know, be careful about what you post on social media.
2: I talk to my clients about that all the time, and it's just crazy to me that they, they don't heed the warning.
3: No, they do not. <laughs> no, they do not. It um, it's, sounds a little out there, but I, I remember when I was in college and I got my first email address. I'm dating myself, I know, but that's okay. <laughs> um, and so my father told me. He said, "Don't ever put anything in writing that you wouldn't want your mother or a grand jury to read." Yes. and it was it Great was some advice. sage advice because people will say things that they re- really sh- they really shouldn't. Oh yeah, behind
2: just, the, the behind the guise of the virtual world. Yes. Yeah, and,
3: and so that's that's another very common pitfall. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And then the other thing that I would say is. Be prepared to work on what brought you there. For example, if you're a man and you've been told that you have issues with anger, don't be surprised if a court-appointed lawyer for the kids or a judge or a mediator suggests you need to take an anger management course. Okay. If you have a drinking problem, don't be surprised if you're going to be expected to work on that.
2: Yeah, there's something that's brought you here. Yes. And and so to avoid that, to think that's not going to come up in that discovery phase or in the agreement, that sort of thing, then, again, back to those realities, that's not very realistic. And, folks, that's really what we're trying to help you do is look at the situation uh, with open eyes. I know I keep saying that, but the reality of the situation, because you really can't make any solid decisions with without reality, Right. That's right. <laughs> I don't know what you would call them if without reality, but they're not they're not solid decisions. So
3: I think the word for that is fantasy.
2: Uh, Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> fantasy island. Yes. Now, now I'm dating myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, folks, we're we've been talking to Mike Day, just a wonderful family law attorney with so much knowledge and information here. Stay tuned. You're going to find out how to reach him. Come on back. And I want to share something with you that may help. I'm on another show here on KKHT. I'm honored to be the wingman on Courageous Christianity with Richard Mendele, where each week Richard and I talk about the intersection of our faith and the secular world. And together with interesting guests, we shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for Courageous Christianity. It's my belief that Courageous Christianity with Richard Mindelow can be another resource that you can turn to as you walk through this path of significant change in your life. So please join us. You can catch the show on this station, 100.7 FM KKHT, at 12 p.m. noon Central Time, Saturdays, and online at KKHT.com as well. Hey, grab your lunch and join us for both shows back to back, 12 p.m. noon for Courageous Christianity and 1 p.m. for the Divorce Coaching Hour. You can also find all shows under Podcasts, under the Programs tab on KKHT.com. Richard and I hope you'll listen in. As always, if you want to reach me, you can find me at the DivorceCoachingHour.com or call me at 281-944-8043. We are grateful for you joining us each week and for your support. And we're already to the fourth segment. It's always hard to believe there's so much to cover when it comes to divorce. As you might be hearing Uh, And we can only just touch on just a few of the aspects. And we've been doing so with Mike Day, a family law attorney here in Houston. And so you may want to have a continued conversation with Mike. And uh, so, Mike, if someone would want to reach you, how would they do so?
3: Uh, The best way to do that is my office line, which is 713-201-1815. 713-201-1815.
2: That's correct. And folks, that's Mike Day again, family law attorney here in Houston, and just so knowledgeable. And so thank you for sharing your expertise with us. And uh, time is valuable and time is priceless. uh, But, you know, this is even more valuable to help people in this most challenging time of their life uh, to help them kind of understand from your perspective as an attorney, Mike, these are some of the things you see that cause people difficulties. And I think I can say for both of us, we don't want more difficulty for them, do we? (laughs) Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. So we've talked about a lot. Um, the realities of the situation. We've talked about that this has been brewing for a while. Most likely it's not going to be over in 24 hours. They, some great tips and tools that you've shared with us, a bit of understanding um, about kind of the process. What final thoughts might you have?
3: Just, you know, just prepare yourself. Just know that this is going to be hard and, uh, also know that this is going to require you to have to put in some hard work on yourself mm. and wh- whether whether that 's through prayer reflection um th- but you can get through it. you just need to focus on being resilient and in and potentially even making yourself even m- making yourself even more resilient than you already are yeah, because this we're... is going to challenge you in ways that maybe sometimes you don't even foresee right um uh, you you know sometimes people will have uh, latent trauma that they themselves don't even really realize maybe they didn't realize that they had been abused in their marriage until they start going through those text messages with a lawyer and they're like oh my goodness i can't believe that this has been happening to me because
2: yeah. denial is powerful. Well, it is very powerful. And and I get it. I think I kind of felt like there was waves of six months of transformation as I went through the divorce process. And, and, um, and, and so you said the word resilient. And I know that that's kind of used a lot out there. But uh, I think what comes to mind there and what I'm hearing is it is a process. Um, it will be over. At one point, I guess the question I'm coming or the thing I'm thinking about is. If we know it's going to be a process, we're hearing that it's going to take probably more time than we thought. It's going to be more challenging than we thought. Then why not look to when it's over and take a look backwards and ask yourself, who do I want to be when this is all over? We talk a lot about opportunities and possibilities, and I know it's hard to hear in this situation. But what do you think about that?
3: I think that's important. I think optimism, even in tough situations, can really help you get through. And I would encourage people, whether they go through divorce or not, to educate themselves about growth mindsets and to educate themselves about positive psychology. I mean, it's not It's not necessarily what it sounds. I mean, positive psychology is a legitimate academic discipline.
2: Absolutely it is. Yeah.
3: And people need to, if they're not aware of it, they need to, they need to, um, acquaint themselves with it. Yeah. And you know, it's as simple as reading a Wikipedia entry and then seeing what authors might speak to them.
2: Absolutely. And you know, what comes to mind is do that now. Before you had, you, you just throw out the word divorce. Work on yourself. See if that can work. Because something brought you here to the marriage. I, I I, say this. I know I've had people disagree with me, but I say, I don't think many people go to the altar and say, I want to get divorced. <laughs>
3: right.
1: No.
2: <laughs> we go with hope. We go with wonder and excitement, and then reality sets in and you know, unfortunately, we oftentimes we don't have the right foundation for a marriage. But if you're hearing this now, and folks, you're hearing you're hearing a family law, law attorney not talk about just the legal aspects. He's saying, work on yourself, right? Uh, take the time now to um, get that help because you you don't
3: want to go through this. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't. I mean, you know. And that being said. Um, Sometimes it's it's unavoidable, right? Sometimes right. there are issues that are just too too bad, too severe, and that's a heartbreaking situation. Um, but those sorts of readings that I had suggested about positive psychology and growth mindset, those will help you through the get process. Through the process, yeah. absolutely.
2: And I think it's a good point to say, okay, so we're saying we don't want you to have to go through this, right? I get it. But there are some situations that it would actually be better for everyone in the in the marriage for the divorce to happen, uh, and I'm I'm a walking embodiment of that. I know other people, and so even though I'm hearing you say, "Okay, you are going to go through a divorce," if the consideration phase is said, "Okay, this is what we're going to do," but focusing in on that growth mindset, as you said, that positive psychology, getting that help, thinking through it with a thinking partner, whether that be a divorce coach, a family law counselor, that's going to help everyone involved. And hey, we didn't even touch on kids in this, right? And what you've got to look at is your generations to come with kids. So as we wrap up, any other thoughts?
3: Well, with respect to children, you know, the kids always come first. And that can result in some uncomfortable decisions and inconvenient decisions, things you don't want to necessarily do. Um, And so I would just be extremely mindful of what is best for the children and work backwards from that to the extent that you can. And sometimes people will just flat out not agree, but the hope is, is that you and your spouse can reach some sort of an agreement because you know there's a reason why the two of you ended up together in the first place and had children in the first place right. and so hopefully there's at least enough shared values right that you can figure out a way to put the the kids first
2: well and oftentimes in conflict when we put someone above ourselves or beyond ourselves we focus more on the right things and is you know, I've heard said that divorce can affect up to four generations. And do you want to I guess the question I'd say is, do you want it to affect for good or bad, even though you are coming to divorce? So think that five year, 10 year, 20 year uh, future vision for your children. And as you said, they always come first. So folks, you know, like I said, and I'll say again, just so much to talk about. It's so difficult to, to put it even into an hour show. It's such an important topic, and that's why we come to you every week uh, with with talking to different divorce professionals and about the situation, because we truly want your eyes to be wide open so this doesn't affect generations to come for bad. So, Mike, thank you so much for being here with us and for sharing your knowledge.
3: It's my pleasure. Um, I love being on the show, and thank you so much, Christy.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You guys, you'll want to check in with Mike if you're considering divorce again. I'll give you his phone number, 713-201-1815, 713-201-1815. Mike Day, family law attorney here in Houston. And, you know, all of us as divorce professionals, we're your thinking partner. That's how I serve as a a coach. That might sound coachy like coachy speak but it really is a good definition i'm here to think through this process with you i'm here to help you process those emotions i think all of us come to this situation to help people with that servant heart and so uh, again thank you for being here mike and thank you listeners for listening to the divorce coaching hour it's my prayer that this show helps you or someone in your life find us at the divorce coaching hour Dot com or email me at christy at christystratton.com soon to change names here. <laughs> Thanks for listening today. I'm Christy Mindelo, and I can't wait to be with you each and every Saturday from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 FM KKHT, The Word.